Welcome to Caritas Christi, a real and raw podcast with real women and real faith, where we apply the feminine genius to look at the current events of this world, our faith lives, and other things that are relevant to young Catholic women today. Thank you for joining us. Happy Thursday. Hi, this is Mary. And this is Hannah. Welcome to Caritas Christi. We're happy to have you here today with us. So let's start in prayer. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tua mulieribus, et benedictus fructus venestris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc in ora mortis nostri. Amen. In nomine Patri, et Filio, et Spiritui Sancto. Amen. Amen. And today's daily inspiration comes um, again from um, St. Augustine's Confession. It goes, But your word, O God, is a fountain of of life everlasting, and it does not pass away. Therefore, in your word, we are forbidden to separate ourselves from it. Be not conformed to this world, that in the fountain of life the earth may bring forth a living soul. In your word, uttered by the evangelist, a soul may cotton it by imitation of those who imitate your Christ. For this is what it is meant by according to their kinds, for man's imitation is of his friend. As St. Paul says, be as I, because I also am as you. Okay. <laughs> Maybe you should have read this, actually, Hannah. <laughs> I got lost in all the... I was like, I think I'm reading this right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's Beautiful. Deep. Yes. He's very, he's very deep. I love him. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. I think that... I mean, I like how it um, italicizes be not conformed to this world. Mm-hmm. Um. And then the whole be as I because I also am as you. Mm-hmm. So, I think that that sums it all up. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of setting the precedent for today's podcast, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, be not conformed to this world. Mm. Kids. I just said kids. I call everybody kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Miss Miss Hannah. Um, yep. So what are we having today? I think we're actually kind of, well... <laughs> You got, oh, you got, oh, it's not just water, huh? Mm-hmm. Ah. I'm, I'm fancy. Yeah. Well, today, oh my gosh. So today, um, <laughs> there is a power outage at school. Oh, fun. Yeah. Wow. It's fun. It's great. <laughs> I mean, it didn't really, like, throw me off too much, actually, because I wasn't using anything that required power for at least the next hour-ish, so I was like, okay. But then it was, like, still, uh... There's no, there's going to be no running water soon. Um, the bathrooms aren't going to work soon. It was like early in the day too. And I was like, uh, <laughs> okay, let's just adapt and uh, we're going to get through it, I guess. <laughs> That's fun. So I need a little bit of caffeine at this point. <laughs> ah, gotcha. Yeah, I just got water because that's all I had time to, well, and we're going to, um, having a, one of our, our friends is having an Oktoberfest party. So... Saving um, room for that. I hear that there's some bratwurst on the menu, and they nice. do their they do their bratwurst really well. So, and all right, I'm excited. I'm making y'all hungry, huh? Yes. You're welcome. Making me hungry because uh, <laughs> although I ate my lunch late because uh, the power was out during lunchtime, so I couldn't heat up my lunch. So I was like, <laughs> I guess I'll just eat my apple right now. And then later I had my planning period and I ate lunch. So I was like, okay. <laughs> then I'm like looking at my checklist. And I'm like, why did I get nothing done? Duh. I had to eat lunch during my planning period. 
it's fun stuff life the quarter's only ending uh on friday it's fine everything's fine (laughs) (laughs) lovely you'd be stressed no it's okay no i i had a little i told you it's like I always say whenever with with the business, whenever you think, like, oh, I'm starting to hit a stride and I'm starting to uh, be able to breathe. And then I actually just had a thought of like, maybe I should like just slowly, you know, because I was like, oh, should I jump into hiring more people? Um, but I was like, I think I should just ease into having just one because I just hired my fourth girl um, or just like have had her officially trained. But it's like, nope, <laughs> there's a little blip. So I'm I'm kind of glad because it's kind of. It's not throwing me a fur loop because I was already kind of like, I think I need to just slow down on their growth a little bit just to get acclimated to it. So, yeah. uh, anyway, so. That's how teaching works, too. It's like, oh, I'm getting into a groove. Everything's going great. Um, something <laughs> happens, like the power, or there's something you forgot about. There's some paperwork that you're supposed to do, or, like, the government wants some extra, you know, form or accreditation or something mm. or other really annoying. Oh, here, I can also, before we even jump into current news, Anna, I'll also say this. I had I <laughs> had a client today. I had a whole discussion about, let's just say, um, my like my policy. And she goes, well, I'm just, you know, I'm just, you know, it's all about the health and I'm following the science. And I was just like, uh, no, you weren't. oh, I'm <laughs> you're glad. That. Oh, I know. Mm. And I could have very easily been like, yeah, the science that, um, leads you to, yeah, that leads you to kill children in the womb, that Mm -hmm. science. Mm -hmm. But, uh, let's just say when you're in the community and, uh, you rub shoulders with a lot of similar people, it's like, well, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. So yeah. Anywho. Yeah. It was fun today, but. Okay. So I have relatively, I have two things that are good on today. So, hey. Yay. Um, but one thing that's makes me salty so you oh. pick whether we want salty or sweet first um let's just salty first okay. and then end with sweet all right so um nancy pelosi traveled to the vatican and met with pope francis <laughs> oh this is the thing you're salty about yes oh okay gotcha yeah because yeah also she wasn't wearing a veil which usually I mean, even, like, Michelle Obama wore a veil when she met the Pope. So it's kind of like, hmm, shouldn't you? I think that's, like, traditionally what you do. But she didn't, did not. Uh, but, of course, and then she likes to style herself Catholic, and Michelle Obama was not. So it's just interesting to me. Um, right. She's described as Catholic in the article. <laughs> uh, that ain't it. But, yeah. So that was on October 9th, so that was pretty recently and yeah it doesn't really say what they what did they talk about so I mean it's just a bunch of these pictures of them like being super close to each other and smiling and it just makes me uncomfy and I don't like it um yeah I know Jesus ate dinner with tax collectors and sinners but I don't think he I don't know who knows what the Pope said to her it's just a bad, it's a bad look in the age of media. I don't know. But you think it's strange? Especially, let's put it this way. Especially if he is so quick to call out so-called, like, traditional extremists. 
and then turns around and meets with right. politicians without True. ever saying anything against their activism for your quote right and quote to murder your child yeah well i i mean i want to go say so far as to say that they're maybe kind of in the same camp but you know in terms of they're not in the exact same camp but if you read a lot of writings on what's happened in the catholic church it's kind of kind of makes sense how it, it kind of lined up sad that it is and it's definitely as you said salty yeah so yeah it's not surprising but no yeah i feel like us oh i don't know i was just praying today for my rosary for the healing in the church so yeah because we need it yeah so although i still will even after all this nonsense, I'm still like, you know, there's still people who would be like, oh, you know, we this is the worst pope ever. Be like, bruh, <laughs> you don't have any idea what church history is like. Because um, we had a pope that fathered multiple children. Uh, we had a pope that tortured, tortured cardinals um, and complained that he couldn't hear them screaming from his chambers, so they weren't being tortured enough. Like, maybe they were worse. No, but of course, I mean, Jesus did say, like, I would rather you be hot or cold, but not lukewarm. I get lukewarm vibes, but whatever. You just gotta keep praying for the Holy Father. But I'm just, I'm tired of that kind of stuff. Yeah, it is tiring. It's just, it's disheartening for sure. Mm -hmm. So that's, that was my soapbox. The end. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> go on to some good news out of. Texas, both times. Okay. Um, so this this one is an update on a story that we did a few weeks ago. So, at, so the Biden administration went after the abortion law, um, and they like it was it was barred, and then by by a judge's order, and then the court of appeals actually granted a request to block, to suspend the order blocking the ban. So that means it's back up again. Yay. Uh, That's exciting. Not. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens next. But yeah, so right now it's back in effect and there's going to be, of course, more back and forth over that, I'm sure. Um, but that's a little short good news story from Texas. And then uh, there's another one here. Um, the governor, Greg Abbott of Texas, banned vaccine mandates by any entity in the state. That's awesome. Yeah. So he did that through executive order, which uh, the libertarian leading uh, person in me doesn't like the executive orders. But, I mean, if we're going to play this game, then... Right. Fine. Like, mm -hmm. issue your own executive order. So, banning any entity in the state from enforcing a vaccine mandate. And they also, he also issued orders banning government officials and entities from stating mask mandates. So, and then those found in the violation of the order will be subject to a fine. So, it's kind of like <laughs> the reverse. Be like, oh, right. if you don't get it, you're, you're going to get fined. Mm -hmm. Now, if you require people to get it, you're going to get fined. That's awesome. Yeah. There you go. It's good. It's pushback. 
Yeah, so he said, it's safe, effective, and our best defense against the virus, but should re remain voluntary and never forced. So, we won't go unpack all of that, but I agree definitely with that last statement. Like, it should remain voluntary and never forced, because then... Also, what... Supposedly, it only protects you, so, like... <laughs> why y'all so concerned? Like, this is, like... It's not even, like, seatbelt laws, like... <laughs> um, yeah, they act like it is though. Right. And it's it's. I mean, I that's really annoying agree, thing. I agree with seatbelt laws either, except for like kids. Like, if you're in guardianship of kids, then obviously you should be held accountable if they don't have a seatbelt, um, because they're under your care. Mm -hmm. um, but if you want to be a dumbass and not wear a seatbelt, <laughs> like, right? Yeah. You absolutely can. Mm hmm Um. It's just like, why would you do that, though? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, um, it's annoying, too, because people on the other side, the, like, this person I interacted with today, like, they act all like they have the high ground. Mm. Yeah, the and moral it's high ground. The moral high ground. It's, and it's just, I think... Every, every, like, it's, like, all the time, it just affirms my thought that COVID-19 really just shows everybody's stripes. Oh, yeah. Like, it really shows people who, for who they are. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think the thing that just gets on my dander is just the, um, sorry, I just thought that was funny. Gets on my dander <laughs> is, um, the, it's, it's like, you know what? You do what you want, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> at the end of the day, but cause everyone has their own free choice and what, nothing I'm going to say is gonna, you know, like, right. you have, like, well, everyone has others. their, like, no, 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 no. listen. You're thinking about abortion. Abortion always hurts another human being. Always right. kills another human being. You not getting a vaccine, especially if, like, gosh, if you've already had the virus, I mean, it's, like, pointless. There had been three Pfizer employees caught on tape by Project Veritas saying that, yeah, if you have natural immunity, you're probably just as safe, if not safer, from the virus than if you yeah. had a vaccine. And I'm pretty sure people that have actually had the vaccine even they they i was just told today it's a covid breakthrough or something like that <laughs> oh breakthrough there's been breakthrough cases well yeah because how many of us i mean i think i know more people who have been this is of course just like experience but still i think it's an experience that checks out across the board for quite a few people where i know more people who have been vaccinated and they still got covid or like still came down with it, still passed it to other people, then, um, then the people who, like, who weren't, and they just haven't, or they had it, and they had, like, no symptoms, and they were fine, mm -hmm. um, the irony, too, is that I've noticed that people at, like, at school and around, people that I know, um, like, the people who are, like, the mask Nazis mm -hmm. are the people who get COVID. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, wait a minute. Uh-huh. If that's supposed to work, mm -hmm. and, you know, we're all supposedly, like, putting everybody at risk, if you don't wear it or you don't do this or you don't do that, then how come, Yeah. like, the first people to get, to get it are the ones, you know, like, wearing their mask like it's <sighs> their religious doctrine. And at the end of the day, too, it's like, when did all these health choices become, like, not private anymore? 
Mm-hmm. You know, because obviously there's abortion. That's a whole, whole that's a whole other thing because that's a person involved. Right. But now this is um, <laughs> actually one of our friends, actually the one that we want to have come on. She was like, yeah, if someone asked you if you had a vaccine, just ask them if they had a, like a, a pap smear or like a, <laughs> yeah, a test like that. STD test come yeah. Be like, okay. <laughs> I really wanted to do that today, but I was kind of like, mm, I, I don't know how to like pull. I'm not smart enough to pull that kind of stuff off well. So I was like, I, I feel like I would have. Like yeah, I just don't have. I have to have more thought and more like formation on that. So I kind of want, I don't want to like blunder. I'd rather just, mm-hmm. I mean, I just kind of like today just held my ground on stuff. And, um, but I, I too, I also think it's frustrating because I don't know. Well, it's already, it's already showing people's, you know, as we're saying, people's stripes. Mm-hmm. But I think again, the thing that gives up my dander is the, the, um, what is it? Lack of unity that it creates. Mm, yeah the division that it creates yep over over nothing. yeah it's yeah i i just i, I don't you just imagine like going back a couple of years and be like yeah this is gonna be like <laughs> freaking civil war over a thing you put on your face and and you get poked with yeah yeah i just i don't know how it's gonna stop and i it's hard too because it, it's kind of like the same stop as long as it's convenient for people yeah well, and it's like abortion. Control. It's it's like it's like the new abortion debate because like abortion was is one of those things where it's like such a hot topic, mm-hmm. you have to tread lightly. And this is another one of those things where it's just people are very personal about There's it. So much and it's like I, I I literally told that I I was telling this person today that was giving me pushback. It's just like these are my my own like everyone like comes to these decisions like their own way. Yep. But then they're like, well, but I'm just I'm following the science and I'm all about the health and safety. <laughs> it's like, do you think I'm not too? Okay, like, do you not think that I care for people? Yeah. Like, I'm pro-life. I want people to live. Right. <laughs> Inside and outside of the womb. So, like, the the implications of these statements are, like, really... Annoying. That's what gets me. Yes. It, it's just, like... Ugh. And it's... Yeah. I wish I, I, wish, I, wish I had Hannah in my head sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, here's what you say. Here's well, I'll, I'll, I'll be like, okay, what would she say? And then I'll, like, soften a little bit, and then I'll just say it. <laughs> Make, because she helps me sound smart, so I just need to. She, she runs it through with, like, a, a, a dryer sheet. Yeah. And she... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It's interesting, too, because I think, actually, a lot of people, not a lot. Well, okay, if, like, I'm out in the business world, and a lot of people just expect that you have the vaccine. I just kind of don't really comment ever unless they specifically ask me. And That's still, happened to me it's before. Still, it's like, it's between me and my doctor. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because someone so was like, easy. oh, well, they're not coming. Like, they had, they had this party on Friday, and I was at it. And she's like, oh, yeah, these people, like, they have young children, so they're not getting vaccinated. So they're nervous, so they're not going to come. And I was like, well... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm just not going to say anything. I'm not going to comment because you didn't ask me and it's none of your business. And it's not like I'm being irresponsible. Yeah. Too. That's the other thing. It's like, I was actually, I was biking home from the appointment that I had today. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm actually taking care of my health. 
Right. Like, as we've said before, like, why are they talking, you know, obviously washing your hands, cleaning yes. your home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hint, hint. <laughs> well, I have a cleaning business, but still, like, you don't have to be a cleaning person to clean your home. Nope. Um, you know, you can, like, disinfect your lights. I, I disinfect light switches and doorknobs and whatnot, you know, in the houses that I clean because, I don't know, especially there's some kids in these houses, so. <laughs> Got their... Burgers, yeah. Burger yeah. And then I communicate. Like, I've had clients that will say, oh, I have, like, the stomach bugs going around the house today. They don't come this week. You know? <laughs> Practical, Works like, for me, yeah. yeah, common sense. Right. You know? So I just think, but that's apparently not enough. It's not safe enough. It's, right. yeah. Well, my personal. I and also, like, I'm a cleaning person. I'm literally there to disinfect your surfaces. <laughs> I feel like whatever I touch already has like friggin' bleach yeah. in it anyway. So yeah. Like, why do you care? Right. Like it's <laughs> antibacterial stuff, which I mean, I mean, COVID is the virus, but anyways, but it's still being disinfected. Right. It's still, yeah. So anywho, yeah. I mean, I do think I'm really. I it affirms how I've myself with building a business. Because it's like, I, I realize that there's such a need for cleaning. I'm like, I can find people that don't, you know, that are okay with my policy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not worried. I kind of am like, eh, you know. I even even told this woman, I was like, hey, you know what? It's nothing personal. Like, right. if this doesn't work for you, mm-hmm. that's fine. It's, it's just a business decision that, you know. Mm-hmm. But people take things so personally. Mm-hmm. So... Everybody's got big feelings. Yeah, I was a little <laughs> nervous about. I don't care as much anymore. I was a little nervous about this one client though, because both of her husband, both her and her husband, are lawyers, and like she works as a judge in the county and I whatnot. Was, I thought you were gonna say both of her husbands, and I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> well, that's a whole. She's Catholic too, so <laughs> okay. <laughs> gonna say like uh what kind of clients do you have there mary um anyways you know (laughs) i will say i have some interesting clients not that interesting though so (laughs) interesting enough to the point where i wouldn't want to clean the house (laughs) yeah yeah no for sure yeah 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 i do like i mean i i i i um i branded my business in a way that it attracts like-minded people that are all about liberty and patriotism and stuff like that because they're more would be more in line with everything that's going on with COVID. Yeah. Um, but I also was like, I mean, <laughs> people on the opposite aisle like probably also want their house clean too. So I don't want to, you know, if they're open yeah. to me, clean, me cleaning for them, but you know, yeah, I just hate how everything's just politicized. Oh yeah, it's it's needlessly politicized. I mean, like, yeah, they knew we don't need politics and everything. It's kind of annoying. And yeah. Yeah. I, at the end of the day, people are people. So, yeah. Actually, like, one of my clients, especially, like, they have a lifestyle that I don't agree with and um, believes that I don't agree with. But they're actually one of my... I actually enjoy cleaning for them. They they keep a tidy house. So, actually, like, it's a fun house. It's a big house, but it's a j- good, big challenge. Mm-hmm. And the other day, I walked in, and they actually had a um, a plaque. Um, or not a plaque. It was, like, a... Um, I don't even know what. But it had... Um, they actually, in our area, they have a, um, they're starting a hospice for the homeless. Oh, nice. Yeah. Wow. So it's That's just really like, cool. yeah, I don't agree with these people, but like, they're also like, but you can agree with they're that. decent, like yeah. they're decent, orderly human beings and they care for the, like, I feel like they're, and maybe we could just get back to that of like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, we're all made in the image and likeness of God. Yeah. We're sinners. But God has redeemed us, or Christ has redeemed us by his cross, and so, I don't know. 
Yeah, and just drawing drawing those lines unnecessarily, like like, well, I can't clean for you. <laughs> just yeah, I mean there are some things where it's like, oh yeah, they're like like a school has to be careful about who, what kind of speakers they bring in stuff like that because then anything anybody they bring in is seen like they're endorsing pretty of much course. views. So there are certain things where it's like okay you have to be careful, but like. Mm -hmm cleaning it's like okay this person hired you like yeah just because you work you know you do them a favor mm -hmm. or you know you know you clean their house doesn't mean that you agree with every single thing that they do because even if you disagree with them like on something they do overtly like even some of them you're not going to agree with everybody 100 percent of the time no and it's not like you're well also yemming or something how else are we going to the other thing too, I've, too. Yeah, yeah, how else? And it's like I can be a light, and I mean at the end of the day, yeah, there are certain, there are certain like I just recently had a like another client that I was like, um, you know, wasn't there were some things about that were like questionable, so I went and I assessed, and I kind of was like, okay, I you know I made some adjustments with that, mm -hmm. and I've, I've I mean I always tell my girls like no money like no money is like if you ever feel like creeped out by a client. Yeah. Like, it's not worth it. Just walk out, please. Like, money is not worth that at all. Nope. So, there's a limit for that. But yeah. otherwise, it's like, I've always thought, you know, up until a certain point in my life, all I knew were Catholics. <laughs> and people that were kind of, you know, some of my family members, you know, what, there's maybe some disagreements, but for the most part, it's, you know, Catholic culture. But it's like, how else are we going to learn from other people and to be able to encounter them and, yeah, to be Christ to them? So, um yeah. I know it's like I don't go out to, you know, I don't clean these people's houses to proselytize them, but it's like if I can be a light in their world. Yeah. It's like your kids, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not like you teach every single one of those kids that they come from, you know. Yeah. Like perfectly kosher backgrounds. Because right. nobody does. No. But there are, there are more kids with um, more struggles and issues than others. And it's, and I, I do have also non Catholic students. So it's, a matter of, you know, not, not calling them apostates or whatever, yeah. but just reaching out. And I've had, like, we do Lectio Divina every week and the, the kids are just like, they're rocking it. And I have even non-Catholic kids going, you know, my goal is to pray the rosary every day this week. And I'm like, yeah. That's awesome. I mean, and I didn't tell them to do that. So it's not like yeah. anybody can get mad at me over... <laughs> You're teaching my kid that it, well, okay. If you say I'm teaching them Catholic doctrine, surprise, it's a Catholic school. Uh, if I was teaching them anything but that, that would be a problem. Mm -hmm. And then I'm just giving them an example. I'm showing them how, how beautiful it is, and they're just enjoying it and yeah. absorbing everything that's happening. Truth, it, truth, and, truth is, well, beauty that has truth in it is evangelizing in and of itself. Mm -hmm. So, um, and another, like kind of just the last thought on, on my end. Um, I've been reading, uh, this commentary from, um, on St. Paul mm -hmm. on his letters. And it's interesting cause I had never really thought about how, um, even like, you know, Jews and Gentiles alike, we were made, um, with natural law in us, which is our actually our natural disposition towards God. Yeah. 
Because yes. I've always thought, oh, well, you know, you just get lucky if you somehow get born into a Christian Catholic family or um, you have a conversion or whatnot, like you encounter it. But it's like, no, at the end of the day, we're all like wired. So I think if we tap into that, people have that capacity in them to be like, huh, yeah. there's something in me that I kind of relate to this other person and um, encounter. So may we be that for other people. Be a, you know. Just as, I mean, as you, you know, you, I think it's really cool because you literally have a platform to share truth mm-hmm. very vocally. <laughs> I mean, we have this platform too. Mom. Yeah. <laughs> we have this platform too. But I think it's like partial, part, big part of it is living. I mean, even like yourself, you have to live mm-hmm. what you teach too. Oh yeah. You know, if a kid sees you, you know, goofing off after school, it's probably mm-hmm. going to totally dismantle everything you teach them. Yeah. So, um, anywho. So but that's, that's about it. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I got, too. Well, so is that all that's going on in the world? I mean, there's more. There's always more. Oh, okay. But that was what I what I picked to spotlight today. Ah, okay, cool. Yeah, well, hey, I'm not as depressed as last week, so. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good sign. Yeah. Right, there you go. All right. Alrighty, so, uh, you've got your hot take today. Yes. The hot take today. Mm-hmm. The hot take. The hot take. Yeah, the Ohio State University. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so what is it? What is it? Uh-huh, hot take. Okay. Okay, so the more <laughs> depressing version of this hot take is nobody's coming. Well. <laughs> um, to be a little nicer with it um it's it's like take take control of your life but also like let god do his work do your work and let god do his work but don't just sit back waiting for like a knight in shining armor uh a princess in shining armor i don't even know like i don't know what y'all are expecting to happen because I think everybody's just getting a little little soft. And we're like, ah, do I really need to fight all of these battles? Do I really need to do this? Do I really need to speak up? Isn't this going to end? When is it going to end? And it's like, nobody's coming. These are the Crusades. Get your stuff. <laughs> Put on the armor of God. We talked about it last week. <laughs> and, yeah, you just, you just got to fight for it. And uh, last week we talked about, like, being bold. Um, this kind of goes like hand in hand with it, but it's more of just a knowledge that um, not everybody's going to back you up. You won't always have backup, but a lot of times there are also people that are waiting on other people, maybe you, to act, to speak out, to do something. And so you sitting back and waiting for other people to do something means that nobody will do anything. <laughs> so nobody's coming. Be a saint. Pull a St. Clair, you know, be dependent on Jesus and stop the wars. <laughs> she, I mean, she marched out into the streets with a monstrance to ward off invaders. Like, if she was like, ah, somebody else will do it, or like, ah, God will take care of it. And he did, he did take care of it, but she had to take that initiative first. And she had to take up courage and grab the best weapon she knew which was the eucharist and she was definitely not wrong in doing that 
So, it's last last week is like you know you know your weapons, which is you know which is scripture, which is the Holy Spirit, which is the sacraments, and you have to take take up these things and really execute them, and don't wait for anybody else um, to validate you or to spur you on, because God will spur you on Himself, and then He might offer you some consolation in the form of other people that you meet along the way. But just waiting for that, the, you know, the warm fuzzies or the, or the, oh, this is what I'm supposed to, like, dude, come on. It's like I said, nobody's coming. It, I mean, you can't be waiting around for the great saint. You could be a great saint. So there you go. <laughs> That was it. That was my that was my pep talk. That's my TED talk. Yeah. I really shortened it this time. I think kind of one of the, the word that's kind of come into my mind is personal responsibility. Yes. Um, I definitely think that is lacking. It's frustrating because I think I was raised to be a committed, hardworking, hardworking people person. Hardworking yeah, people. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think. And even, even in the scriptures, it talks about, I don't know if it was um, when, like, the Jews were in the desert or if this is the, the early Christians, but they were saying if, uh, no, I think it was the early Christians. They were like, if, if somebody doesn't work, they can't eat. Yep. So. Um, I think it's both, actually. It's Old and New Testament. I yeah. Because I feel like that, yeah, I think that was in. Okay, well, it's it's in both, so I think it's pretty... Uh, pretty clear. Yeah, pretty clear. Pretty much driving it home, so... Um, and it's good for the soul, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were... we Before the fall, wasn't it... We were, we were called to till and labor. Yes. Till the soil. And it's, that still hap- happened, but um, because of Cain, his descendants, like... They couldn't grow anything without difficulty there would be weeds there would be this like that was a further result of evil entering the world right was the difficulty that farming now is sure but i i do think and i kind of i feel like my um advice will kind of um cushion it or not cushion it but kind of give it a good okay (laughs) there's so much stuff going on yeah yeah to be honest yes that's partially why I don't pay t- attention to the news anymore. Mm-hmm. And I really try to limit how much I'm on my, my phone and on social media. I actually, uh, you know what, by the way, I've been starting to, like, I've been actually walking out the door almost forgetting my phone in the mornings these days. Nice. Which is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is nice. And then I'm like, ah, oh, I really need it, though. I can't just, and not like, oh, I, need, I can't live without it. It's just more, I run a business and I have to communicate with people. So <laughs> if yeah. I don't have my phone, then. It's a problem. Um, yeah. I would really like to invest in getting, like, a dumb, what is it, a wise phone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that'd be so nice. Yeah, that was, um, actually, we should we could grab that on from Matt Frad's show mm. if you want to mm. put that out there. Sure. But, yeah, a, a wise phone is basically, like, a smartphone. It functions like a smartphone, but it doesn't have access to the Internet. I like that. Do you know that? Yes. Okay. I think that I said that correctly. There you so. go. <laughs> um... I think that's a big part. Honestly, I think I see, you know, I don't know what your opinion is on this, but um, like video games and computer games, Hannah, and just like the phone in general, I think a lot of that stuff entertainment wise mm-hmm. can soften people. I think maybe if, if, 
if people use it in moderation or I think some people like someone I know they use it to like hang out with friends that are across the country yeah that's fine but I don't know I think what you're saying is like we are soft and it's it's like that stuff isn't really ever going to fulfill you in the first place. It's not going to satisfy you. It's not true rest. Trust me, it's not true rest. Nope. The best rest and the best consolation you can experience is in front of the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm try- <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to like, I was trying to meet, like push this out. But I think at the end of the day too, I think we were created with free will, Hannah. Yeah. And so we have to choose. And you can't choose by just sitting on your couch (laughs) and being overwhelmed by everything. Because to be honest, it's not like we're like the Christians being like martyred and potentially having to face being in the Colosseum and being torn apart by tigers and, you know, being burned at the stake. Oh, my. (laughs) I mean, yes, there are there are difficulties. It's 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 frustrating to have to deal with all this health stuff yes it's frustrating to (laughs) i told hannah i i am choosing i i'm really glad of the neighborhood i live in because even if it's more work i'm gonna try and like i'm trying to bike more places because it's honestly like trying to minimize how much i use my car and spend gas or you know use gas Mm -hmm. that's actually really yeah because that can that's actually cutting into my profits uh i'm sure yeah I'm starting. I'm starting to have to figure out ways. That I'm gonna have to work with my clients to get them to help cover some of those costs. But um, I should probably add like a mileage surcharge or something. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. But still, I keep. I I probably talk about gas prices too much, but <laughs> it's a thing. A actually, week this weekend they they this weekend it actually went down below like three, and I was like, oh. I know. Oh, <laughs> Do you remember when COVID, it was so nice when it was like, or well, earlier COVID, when it was like one ninety nine. Did it even oh, get down to a dollar? Did it? Or no, did it get below $2? Do you remember? Oh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. It went, it went below $2 for sure. Did it get close to a dollar? Yeah, I think so. I feel like it did. I was like, oh. <laughs> <You're lying. laughs> Everything sucks. <laughs> yeah, that was back when Trump was president. Mm-hmm. I'll take some mean tweets. Yeah, seriously. Actually, so I think I shared this before. Uh, I kind of um, co-opted this a little bit, but one of my um, my uh, employees was, we, we um, pray the rosary on the way to our clients, and she was praying for a, a new pope, which I don't know oh, if yeah. I endorse that kind of prayer intention. I mean, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I, that's, I, but I was like, can we, I want to pray for a new president. <laughs> Not any that would be close to the office at all at this point, but can we just have a new president? I know I can't change reality, but Lord, <laughs> Savior Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyways, so that's kind of a... <laughs> that's a sidetrack a little bit. Yeah, a little sidetrack, but you still. You have something that you want to talk about. I do, I do. So, um, kind of a nice little, I guess, huh, it's kind of like a little oasis in the midst of all of this. Mm-hmm. So, kind of... Um, Kind of pulling two things together. So last week's feast, do you remember what it, it was? It was a lady of the resurrection. Yeah. Yeah. So well, I knew that. I was just testing you. So good job. You got it right. The al- or <laughs> religion teacher, um, the smart one in the room. Uh, anywho, um, so there's actually a lot of cool trivia on the Our Lady of the Rosary. 
But I'm not going to get too much into that that trivia on that. That you know, you can go up and Google that. Um, but I just wanted to pull that together and talk about silence and solitude and how that can kind of be a big part of getting off your duff, I guess. <laughs> Is that the right way to say that? Did sure. I say that right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so I'm, I'm going to start with the, the scripture first and then I'm going to pull from two books. Um, so, um, so in the, in Luke, um, you know, after Jesus was born, um, Actually, I'm just going to read this. Um, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying which had been told them concerning this child. And all who had heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary kept all these things, pondering them in her heart. Um, And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Um, And then a little bit later in um, chapter 2, towards the end, you know, um, Jesus had, or the, um, Mary and Joseph had taken Jesus to Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover. And then they had did that whole thing where they, um, were returning. Um, and they're like, Oh, forgot Jesus. Where is he? <laughs> and then, the yeah. <laughs> um, and so they, you know, it says after three days, they, um, found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when they saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been looking for you anxiously. And he said to them, How is it that you sought me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying which he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. And his mother kept all these things in her heart. And uh, so I actually gave this talk to my girls, my high school girls last week, but I'm going to tell it a little bit more for the podcast. But one of the questions I asked is, um, I think I I do not like being kept in the dark and not knowing, you know, um, not, you know, just being kind of not given all the details about how things are going to turn out or um, giving information. How, How do you feel about that when you're kind of, whether that's just in life or with God in general? know things <laughs> <laughs> right i i really and i think what i see in in our lady pondering is it's kind of one of those huh you know instead of like oh i just gotta know like i, I want to know um and i think in that is kind of a, a silence um that exists and it's um i think even now it's like i want to know it'd be nice to know who's going to fix all these problems in the world Mm-hmm. <laughs> how and you know obviously we have christ and god will provide but on a, on a human level it's like okay how is this all gonna work out how is this all gonna turn out um so i guess kind of the best place to best place to start is to start with creating an interior silence and to learn to seek out solitude um and so i'm gonna first talk a little bit so um Robert Cardinal Seurat has the power of silence and it's actually says against the dictatorship of noise it's the um 
subtitle. Subtitle. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's actually really, it's a really powerful book. It's pretty heady. I or not heady. It's just really intense stuff. So I, I've started reading it before. I've not and finished he's, it. He's brilliant. Oh, yeah. He's he's, man. If he was younger, I would be like, oh, maybe he could be the next pope. But, um, so. He talks in this book about silence as a Christian ascetical value. Um, so he says, in the negative sense, silence is the absence of noise. It can be exterior or interior. Exterior uh, silence involves the silence of words and actions. In other words, the absence of noise from doors, vehicles, jackhammers, airplanes, the noisy mechanism of cameras often accompanied by dazzling flashes, and also that horrible forest of cell phones that are brandished at arm's length during our Eucharistic liturgies. Virtuous or mystical silence obviously must be distinguished from disapproving silence, from the refusal to speak up, from the silence of omission through cowardice, selfishness, or hardness of heart. Um, So there's the exterior silence, which is lack of noise. Um, And then um, it talks about what is, so that's what, so it talks about what exterior silence is as it's an ascetic exercise of self-mastery in the use of speech. Um, and then it talks about um, asceticism, um, and he says, This word is not praised to the skies by our consumer society, far from it. And we must admit, it finds our contemporaries, including very often the Christians who are influenced by the spirit of the world. Asceticism is a means that helps us to remove from our life anything that weighs it down. In other words, whatever hampers our spiritual life and therefore is an obstacle to prayer. Yes, it is indeed in prayer that God communicates his life to us and manifests his presence in our soul by irrigating it with the streams of his Trinitarian love. And prayer is essentially silence. Chattering, the tendency to externalize all the treasures of the soul by expressing them, is supremely harmful to the spiritual life. Carried away toward the exterior by his need to say everything, the chatterer cannot help being far from God, superficial and incapable of any profound activity. Um... The wisdom books of the Old Testament are full of exhortations aimed at avoiding sins of the tongue, in particular slander and calumny. The prophetic books, for their part, mention silence as the expression of reverential fear of God. It is then a preparation for the theophany of God, in other words, the revelation of his presence in our world. The New Testament is not outdone in this respect. Indeed, there is the letter of James, which clearly remains the classic passage about controlling the tongue. However, we know that Jesus himself warned us against wicked words, which are the expression of a depraved heart, and even against idle words, for which an accounting will be demanded of us. In reality, true, good silence always belongs to someone who is willing to let others have his place, and especially the completely other God. In contrast, external noise it characterizes the individual who wants to occupy too important a place to strut or to show off or else who wants to fill his entire emptiness, as is the case in many public places where deafening noise and pride prevail. Um, so I think it really it talks about this really is essential to our Christian life, and it's really important um, because there is so much noise in the world. It just keeps on getting louder and louder. Even I was talking with my high school girls I mean, they, they're, you know, they're, they're not in the adult world per se, but they experience the noise, the phones, the music, just people in general, just being so loud and wanting attention. Um, and then they, he talks about, um, and I, well, and I kind of like how he talks about, um, exterior silence in terms of what we're speaking and what we're saying, um, because words can be really, yeah, they, they can create noise. Um, it can be very harmful. 
Um, so as, he says, as for interior silence, it can be achieved by the absence of memories, plans, interior speeches, worries. Still more important, thanks to an act of the will, it can result from the absence of disordered affections or excessive desires. The fathers of the church assign an eminent place to silence in the ascetical life. Think of St. Ambrose, St. Augustine, St. Gregory the Great, not to mention the rule of St. Benedict of Nursia on taciturnity or his words about grand silence at night, where he adopts the teaching of Cassian. Starting with those spiritual masters, all the medieval founders of religious orders, followed by the mystics of the Catholic Counter-Reformation, insisted on the importance of silence, even beyond its ascetical and mystical dimension. Um, and I really like that we've actually started with our girls to do this um, nocturnal adoration, where we actually take the girls um, to... Um, <clears throat> It starts at 9 p.m. with a holy hour, and then they get up throughout the night. They have a holy hour that's assigned to them. Um, and then it concludes in the morning with, um, you know, prayers and mass and a breakfast. Um, but it's it's really cool in the midst of, you know, the world is asleep, but you're there with Jesus in, in the silence of that. Um, and it really is a really, really cool experience, but it's really, it is a grand silence. Um so then he talks about how silence is an essential condition for contemplative prayer. And I think this is this is really beautiful. This was the part that, no, actually, I don't know. We're going to get to the part that really captivated the girls. It says, the gospel says, the gospel say that the Savior himself prayed in silence, particularly at night or while withdrawing to deserted, deserted places. Silence is typical of the meditation by the word of God. We find it again particularly in Mary's attitude toward the mystery of her son. The most silent person in the Gospels is, of course, St. Joseph. Not a single word of his does the New Testament record for us. St. Basil considers silence not only as an ascetical necessity of monastic life, but also as a condition for encountering God. Silence proceeds and prepares for the privileged moment when we have access to God, who then can speak to us face to face as we would do with a friend. So it really does talk about how silence is pretty much the ground for prayer and to have communication with God, to know um, for him to speak to us. And actually, that was interesting, too, because one of the girls was like, how do I know? Like, how can I learn what God's voice sounds like? And, it, you know, as we were starting the talk and I was like, <laughs> listen, yeah. silence, silence is the place. Um and he gets into some kind of really intense language, but he really, this was the part that the girls really were captivated. And I mean, it's, I think it's, it's really captivating. It says, it is nonetheless true that silence is above all the positive attitude of someone who prepares to welcome God by listening. Yes, God acts in the silence. Hence, this very important remark by the great St. John of the Cross in his maxim maxims on love. The father spoke one word, which was his son. In this word, he always speaks in eternal silence, and in silence m must it be heard by the soul. The Book of Wisdom had already noted in this regard the manner in which God inter intervened to deliver the chosen people from captivity in Egypt. That unforgettable act took place during the night. For while gentle silence enveloped all things, and night in its swift course was now half gone, your all-powerful word, word leapt from heaven from the royal throne. Later, this verse would be understood by Christian liturgical tradition as a prefiguration of the silent incarnation of the eternal word in the crib in Bethlehem. And so we have to be silenced. silent. This is, of course, an activity and not a form of idleness. If our interior cell phone is always busy because we are having a conversation with other creatures, how can the Creator reach us? How can He call us? You must therefore purify our mind of its curiosities, the will of its plans, in order to be totally open to the graces of light and strength that God wants to give us profusely. Father, not my will, but yours be done. Um, 
So I think the thing that was really captivating is pretty much just the whole part about how the incarnation happened. It happened in silence. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's like the most, the biggest moment ever. But it's just like God spoke it silently. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I feel like you could just rest in that. Um, but kind of just some practical, quick practical. So um, I have. I've talked about this book before, but The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry uh, by John Mark Comer. Um, And he has this whole, you know, talks about really getting rid of um, hurry as it's not consistent with Christian life. Um, And so he talks about different practices to have um, because basically modeling the way we live our life after Jesus. Um, And so one of the practices he talks about is silence and solitude. And he actually first starts by talking about how um, boredom used to be a thing. (laughs) He he talks about, yeah, he he says, you know, um, you know, there was a time when you'd be flying across the country somewhere over, say, Minnesota, and you'd finish your book earlier than expected and just stare out the window with nothing to do. Or you'd be waiting in line at your coffee shop of choice, five people ahead of you, and you'd just have to stand there. The extroverts in line would strike, all strike up a conversation. We introverts would smile and nod secretly thinking, why, dear God, is this total stranger talking to me? Um, so it just talks about how um, now with our phones, um, uh, we have lost those little moments of boredom, which were potential portals to prayer. Um, they were little moments throughout our days to wake up to the reality of God all around us, to wake up to our own souls, to draw our minds attention and with it devotion back to God, to come off the hurry drug and come home to awareness. Um, and it says a survey from Microsoft found that 70% of young adults answered yes when asked, when nothing is occupying my attention, the first thing I do is reach for my phone. Um, and he says, pretty much the only place that we can be alone with our thoughts anymore is in the shower. And it's only a matter of time until our devices are waterproof, which in turn will trigger the apocalypse. I allow myself that brand- brief rant just to say that all this has profound implications for our apprenticeships to Jesus and our experiences or lack of experiences of the life he has on offer. How so? Simple. This new normal of hurry digital distraction is robbing us of the ability to be present. Present to God present to other people, present to all that is good, beautiful, and true in our world, even present to our own souls. Um, and I'll, I'll just kind of stop this to say that I think um, why, why I'm kind of bringing <laughs> after this, wh- why am I bringing this kind of language? I think it kind of really brings it kind of down to earth in kind of our language because Conroe Sorrell is just, oh, that is so gorgeous. And it, you could just chew on that. But it's like, okay. Um, so... <sighs> Um, he talks about Jesus in the quiet place. Um, and I'll just, yeah, I'll just quickly, there's so much on this, but it talks about, um, that there's a fascinating story about Jesus's baptism. When he came up out of the water, there was literally a voice from heaven saying, this is my son whom I love with him. I am well pleased. This is more than an emotional high or even a spiritual high. This is the launching launch pad from which Jesus is sent on into the world. But in the very next line, we read this. Then Jesus was led by the spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him. Notice the first thing Jesus did after his baptism was head straight into the desert. Desert here doesn't necessarily mean sand and heat. The Greek word is eremos, and it has a wide array of meanings. It can be translated desert, 
deserted place, desolate place, solitary place, lonely place, quiet place, my, and that's his personal favorite, and then wilderness. Um, and it talks about, you know, um, why was Jesus, you know, drawn into the wilderness alone? Um, and then that's actually after 40 days is of fasting is when he encountered the devil um, when he was hungry. Um, and it's, you know, he says, isn't that so like the devil to come at us at the end of a long day or a long week when we're hangry and at our worst? But then I realized I had it backward. The wilderness isn't the place of weakness. It's the place of strength. Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness because it was there and only there that Jesus was at the height of his spiritual powers. It was only after a month and a half of prayer and fasting in the quiet place that he had the capacity to take on the devil himself and walk away unscathed. Um, and then it talks about, you know, he came back and on his first day on the job as a Messiah, he woke up early, taught in the synagogue, then healed Peter's mother-in-law over lunch, then up late healing the sick and demonized, demonized. Um, but then he talks about how Jesus woke up early in the morning while it was still dark and he went up and he left the, the house and went to a solitary place and he prayed. Um, and it's like, he says, you would think Jesus would have slept in, gone for a light run, and then had brunch with his disciples. Nothing says post-Sunday recovery like a farmer scramble. But um, I, I think what he, just like a kind of like a quick synopsis of this chapter, because it's just so, it's, it's so full of really good stuff. It's like, ah, oh, thank you. It's a balm for the soul. Um, it, it just talks about how, you know, like we all have this excuses of like, well, I'm, you know, I'm busy with all my children or with my job, or I just, I just don't have time for quiet. I don't have time for silence. And it's like, yo, Jesus was the son of God. He was God, but he needed silence. Um, and it talks about how Jesus showed us that the more busier he got, the more he had to spend time in prayer. Um, and then it also talks about, you know, cause one of the girls was talking about, um, brought up the word isolation. Um, and so there's a difference between, you know, so in, we find silence and solitude. Um, and But when we talk about sil solitude, it's not isolation. Solitude is engagement. Isolation is escape. Solitude is safety. Isolation is danger. Um, solitude is how you open up yourself to God. Isolation is painting a target on your back for the tempter. Um, and I think above all, why is this all so important? I think it's because, um, if you don't have your relationship with God, that is where you are able to find the nourishment and the source and the direction to be able to take on our daily crosses. Um, because without God, like, we don't have that strength. Um, we are left to our sinful and weak, um, tendencies. So, um, it's just so important. So, um, he talks about how option A, we neglect the practice of silence and solitude, make excuses, get sucked into the rat race and face emotional unhealth at best and spiritual oblivion at, oblivion at worst. Or B, we recapture this ancient yet timely practice and experience the life of Jesus. Um, and he said, um, I say we bring back the quiet time. Rock it like it's 1999. Here's to tomorrow morning, 6 o'clock, coffee. The chair by the window, the window by the tree. Time to breathe. A psalm and story from the Gospels. Hearing the Father's voice, pouring on my own, or just sitting, resting. Maybe I'll hear a word from God that will alter my destiny. 
Maybe I'll just process my anger over something that's bothering me. Maybe I'll feel my mind settle like untouched water. Maybe my mind will work a shade from thought to thought and never come to rest. If so, that's fine. I'll be back same time tomorrow, starting my day in the quiet place. You? Hannah. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, that was like, ha. Huh. It was one of those talks with these girls that it's just one of those subjects that at the end they're like, oh, can we talk more about this next week? This is so good. <laughs> they're like, we want more. Uh -huh. I was like, I know. Even even young high school kids realize the importance of silence in the midst of the noise of the world. Um, so any thoughts on how that relates to your hot take? Want to bring it home on that? Um, well, I guess it's your responsibility to make time for silence. So it's not like it's not like you it's going to come to you. You kind of have to make it intentional and make time for it. I'm, and that's kind of why I do Lectio Divina with kids every week. It's just a time for them to slow down and think about scripture. And I, I kind of walk them through it right now. But eventually, they'll probably get to a point where I will just put on some chant and we'll all do it silently together. Mm -hmm. and, and then maybe like at the very end, I will share out some of my observations or things that I want them to know. Mm -hmm. But your silence is your responsibility. And it's so worth it, too. Mm -hmm. It's so worth it. I always, I keep on saying, you know, with all the fruit and all the, the a lot of the doors that are op opening in my life, I don't want to gain the whole world but lose my soul. Yeah. End so of story. Give your soul some silence. <laughs> it's begging for it, trust me. And even when you first get into the silence, you're going to be, you're going to be stunned by the noise in your brain, but give it time. Well, yeah, it's like any, anything else. You got to flex your muscles. And yeah. So don't be shocked. Don't go back into the noise. Mm -hmm. Don't Just give it time. Give it longer and longer each time. Mm -hmm. All right. Speaking of silence, <laughs> we'll leave <laughs> this episode. Well, do you want to do with a, with a, with a, with a quote from St. Catherine yes. of Siena, because I think that's so relevant because, I mean, Cardinal Seurat really pointed out the, that there is silence, but this is, the, there is silence and then there's silence, so. Yeah, positive and negative. Yeah. All right. We've had enough exhortations to be silent. Cry out with a thousand tongues. I see the world is rotten because of silence. And we'll see you all next Thursday. All right. Bye. Know that you're all loved. Thanks for listening to Caritas Christi. If you'd like to write to us with hot takes, feedback, advice, or advice requests, we would love to hear from you. Email us at caritas.christi31 at gmail.com. That's caritas.christi31 at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next Thursday.